And carol service talks are the biggie. If you're a clergy person, um, it's the cup final. It is um, the, the end of the Six Nations. It's the climax. It's, the, um, it's the, the last night of X Factor, which in a minute we're about to witness. Um, but that's what it's a bit, it feels a bit like. And over the years of preaching at carol services, and I've done about 30 years of them now, um, you try and look for something that will just have an introit in, into to Christmas in a different way. So I've poked fun at Jamie Oliver and Delia Smith and every single chef that I've ever known. I've poked fun at Christmas adverts. I've poked fun at Christmas letters. Um, you name it, I've had a go at it. This year, this year, however, I couldn't find a single joke. I couldn't find a single story that seemed to resonate with the year that we have just lived through. Maybe like you, um, I can't wait for Charlie Booker's review of 2016. Uh, if you watch his review, it's normally fairly acerbic and fairly bleak. But this year, what is he going to say? Brexit, Trump, the mind boggles where he's going to go with those. And then there are all the celebrities who have died this year. Wogan, Victoria Wood. Prince, Edinburgh's own Ronnie Corbett, David Bowie, Manuel. He died this year. The actor, Andrew Sachs. Then there's Alan Rickman. And whether it be Snape, or whether it be uh, from the Sheriff of Nottingham, or whether it be from Love Actually, something of Christmas has somehow died this year. Then there's great sports people like Johan Cruyff, Somebody who had a turn named after him. Just that ability to be able to go like that and send a defender the wrong way completely. One of the best footballers the world has ever seen. And then the greatest, Muhammad Ali. He died this year. And that's just a small, simple, when they sample, when they get to that bit in the BAFTAs or the Oscars or Sports Personality of the Year when they say, and Stephen Fry or Gary Lineker, whoever it is doing the Oscars, say, and let's remember all those that we have lost this year. It will take up most of the program because the list goes on and on. Carolina Hearn, Leonard Cohen, Lemmy from Motorhead, R2-D2. All these people, the actors who played R2-D2, still alive and well. Uh, you can see him in the next Star Wars film. But the original actor who played R2-D2 in the original Star Wars films that were the best and much better than the three that came later, he died. Most of my childhood in sport, music, and television have disappeared this year. I was saying to somebody yesterday during one of the rehearsals, it just seems for people of our generation, and she looked at me and said, what do you mean, our generation? Because she was about 20 years younger than me. Um, I was being generous. But it does seem particularly dark. Because if you just move from the deaths of celebrities to the political events, just of the current day and weekend, it seems a particularly dark year. A year where there isn't much light. Aleppo, Mosul, the developing situation in the Yemen, bomb attacks just yesterday and today in Turkey and Egypt, 
and the ongoing refugee crisis. If ever there was a need for a season of goodwill to all people, then this is it. As one person put it, our souls need a ceasefire. That's what it feels like this Christmas. Our souls need a ceasefire. The world seems particularly dark and in need of light this Christmas. And this year, perhaps more than ever, I just get the sense that many people carry a sense of loss, a feeling of deep grief, a feeling of deep sadness. Maybe for what once was, but is no longer. It might be corporately, it might be personally, it might even be nationally. But maybe you've come into this carol service, and if you're honest, you bring with you a deep sadness. A deep sadness. And as we've sung the carols, it's been quite poignant for you this year. Remember just this week, listening to the words of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, that amazing Advent carol. And the words touch me at a level perhaps deeper than I've ever known. Because thinking about the news and thinking about the world and thinking about our society and thinking about our culture and thinking what's going on in today's world, the need seems greater than it's ever been. And the longing seemed deeper. And yet we come to Christmas again in 2016. And if we're honest, it can appear harder each year, this message of hope and light and peace. Can it really be true? Can we really see what God has done? How can we hold on to it when the world seems so dark? Well, very quickly, the clue, I think, comes in those three names given to that Christmas baby 2,000 years ago. The first one is that simple title that we've already heard reference to, the Prince of Peace. If ever we needed a ruler filled with peace, it's now. Because the world sits increasingly uneasy with itself, full of dis-ease and unease, with each other and it seems ourselves. From full-bone conflict in Syria and the Yemen, from potential civil war in Burundi to a divided Europe and a fractious United Kingdom, from a Twitter feed full of rancor to a Facebook thread that divides and tears down. Society lacks peace. God's shalom. The peace that God can give with ourselves, other people, creation, and indeed with God himself. If we're honest, as we look at our world, it's a world out of kilter, out of peace with itself. And our souls and our bodies and our nations cry out for a ceasefire. And therefore, perhaps this year more than any other, we need to remember the light of the world coming at its darkest. Isaiah predicted 800 years before the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem, that he would come from the outside into a time of deep darkness, not 
ordinary darkness, but deep darkness. Isaiah said the light would dawn, literally flash. A child would be born. God would become human. And the government will be on his shoulders. Not Trump's or Putin's, not Sturgeon, May, Gove or Johnson, Cameron, Corbyn, or thank goodness, even Farage. The government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called the Prince of Peace. And the government will be on his shoulders. And then the second name, the name that the angel spoke to Mary, Emmanuel, God with us. A name taken from the Hebrew, Imanu, meaning with us, and El, the Hebrew for God. This is the truth of the incarnation, God becoming a human being, the creator being created, as that opening reading from Max Licardo reminded us. God as a fetus, the divine as a toddler, the almighty learning to walk, God exchanging omniscience for a brain that had to learn Aramaic phrase by phrase, omnipresence for two legs and an occasional donkey, an omnipotence for two arms that were strong enough to saw wood but too weak to offer self-defense. Not for nothing, as we'll sing in a moment, does that carol remind us that mild he lays his glory by. Or in that phrase from that Philippians reading, rather he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, a slave. God became nothing died a death where every self-respecting Jew thought that if you died the sort of death that Jesus died, you were cursed by God, abandoned by God, forsaken by God. And in one sense, he was. But in one sense, he wasn't. God becomes human and feels what we feel. Childhood. Adolescence, grief, love, hunger, laughter, sadness, learning, longing, friendship, rejection, imprisonment, birth, death. God experienced what we experience. God felt what we feel. Jesus becomes what we are, and yet so much more. God is no longer distant or remote, but he's with us. Emmanuel. And then thirdly and finally, the third name. The name that he was known by every day. Jesus. Yeshua in the Hebrew. Jesus in the Greek. Although growing up he was called many other things too. The Hebrew, the word is mamza. The Hebrew for a child born to parents who weren't married. One author has said, every language has such a word, and all of them are ugly. Repeatedly in his early life, even in the biographies that we have in the Bible, Jesus was simply referred to as the child. The child. The child was taken to Egypt. The child returned. The child went to the temple. 
a vivid contrast with the titles given to Herod the Great or Caesar the Emperor. In a culture where the word for children in both Greek and Latin was translated as not speaking. That's what the word children literally meant in Greek and Latin, not speaking. God became a child. The word became dumb, unimportant, silent, insignificant. And yet as somebody else has pointed out, we now call dogs Nero and Brutus. Nightclubs and casinos and Italian restaurants are named after Caesar. But his name, the name of Jesus, while a swear word for some is revered and worshipped and sung and chanted by millions of people around the world every day of the year, but especially at Christmas, because we remember this Jesus. There were thousands, if not millions, of Yeshua's and Jesus and Joshua's, and there are today millions of boys named Jesus, particularly in Roman Catholic countries, but this one was different. The word literally means he saves. God saves. Christmas is not primarily about tinsel or lights or carols or presents. Christmas is fundamentally a rescue mission. It's God sending his only son to make it possible for humanity to enter into a relationship with him again. God saves. Jesus. God rescuing us, saving us. Why? Because we needed saving from ourselves and from each other. At a time of great darkness, and it could not get any darker, and maybe it doesn't feel that it can get any darker now, the light of the world came. Not to give good advice. That's not what the Christian faith is about. Not to share his opinions, but to rescue us from sin, from death, and dis-ease. God was born, lived, died, and was raised again. And now that name, the name of Jesus, is above every other name. Above the name of Castro or Caesar, Isis or Trump, Bowie or Wogan. And it's a beautiful name, a wonderful name, a powerful name. Because it signifies rescue and hope and peace. Not just at Christmas, but for all time. For all time and for all eternity. God gave of himself to bring you home, to restore you to himself and the world, life as it was always meant to be, life lived with God on his terms because he loved you. That's what is right at the middle, the center of the Christmas story, the Christmas message is, is God becoming a human being, not because he was forced to, not because it was foretold necessarily, but driven and motivated by one thing, love. Because God loves you. 
is for you and desires that you come back into a relationship with him. He comes down to our level so that we can be lifted up to his. And that no matter how deep our sadness, that no matter how deep our longing, that no matter how dysfunctional our lives or our world may seem, there is always hope because of this baby, because he grew up, because he lived and because he died and because he was raised again. And we think it's the most important news. We think that the most important decision that you will ever make in your life is not about which school you go to, or not about which football team you support, not about which car you drive, or not about where you live, or who you're going to marry, or anything like that. The most important decision that you will ever make is who you think this baby was and is. That's why for decades now we've been joining with millions of people around the world to run something called an Alpha Course. And the Alpha Course is an opportunity for people to come and to bring their questions, to bring their doubts, to bring everything that you've wanted to to ask about Christianity and the big issues of life and death and love and how you can believe in God and whether he can be relied upon or whether he can't be. And so on the 25th of January, we're starting our next Alpha Course, Burns Night. There'll be a haggis, probably lots of Haggai, There'll be a piper, there'll be one or two interviews, it'll be a great evening. By the 25th of January, we'd love you to join us. And then to spend the next five or six or seven weeks just thinking through what you believe about this baby. What you think about this person, Jesus. Whether he was who he claimed to be, or whether the whole thing is made up, or whether if it's true, It really is the most important decision that you will ever make. Our three interns, Jess and Rachel and Rachel, are going to come and sing a song that just reminds us again about the name of Jesus, its power, its beauty. And as you listen to these words, think for yourself, who do you think this baby is?